Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, July 5th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And, of course, with us is our producer, Roger Chang. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's kind of creepy today, Roger. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, it's how you doing? Kind of a breathy <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, so folks uh, may start to notice, if you're on the public DTNS feed, that an advertisement may pop in occasionally. We have no idea what those are, but we do know they're happening. They're part of an agreement with ACAST for the public-only version. If you're a patron and you're like, well, hold on, I don't want ads, I'm a patron, go to patreon.com slash DTNS, look at the monthly post that I just posted today. There's a link in there for you. Uh, or you can subscribe through Patreon to Good Day Internet and get even more of Sarah, myself, and our fellows uh, at, with a longer show. So those are your options. Now, let's start with a few tech things you should know. Kenya, the country, will use Alphabet's Project Loon to cover the country with high-speed internet access, particularly in rural areas, Kenya's ICT minister said on Thursday. Project Loon was developed by Alphabet's X, the company's innovation lab. Hmm, exciting to see how that works. Sources tell CTEC that Apple told Intel, oh, game of telephone, that it will not use the chip maker's radio chips in its 2020 iPhones, Apple reportedly was the primary customer for the combined 5G, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth chip. Sources say Intel has now halted development of the product. Mm-hmm. ZTE named Zhu Yang as its new CEO. He is a 20-year veteran of the company who formerly headed up the company's business in Germany. ZTE also named a new CFO, CTO, and a new head of HR. Earlier this week, the U.S. Commerce Department said it would grant a one-month waiver to some companies to resume doing business with ZTE. 
Analyst Ming-Chi Kuo reports that the upcoming 6.5-inch OLED iPhone model should be priced around $1,000, like the current iPhone X, and will also feature dual SIM capabilities. Kuo reports that there's an also a 6.1-inch LCD phone, iPhone X-style device, that should retail for about $700. The 6.5-inch phone will possibly come in black, white, and a new form of gold. The entry-level 6.1-inch LCD iPhone will apparently debut in gray, white, blue, red, and orange. So says Quo. Taste the ring, Quo. (laughs) (laughs) Tinder launched a new loops feature that will add two-second looping videos to your profile in addition to still photos. The feature is live for iOS users in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and some parts of Western Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Loop it. Tinder Loops, part of this nutritious breakfast. Uh, Let's talk a little more about Amazon. Bloomberg sources say the Big A plans to publish a paper holiday toy catalog to be delivered through the mail, as well as distributed through Whole Foods locations. Uh, Toys R Us used to put out the 100-page big book, a staple of holiday toy buying, but... Toys R Us is bankrupt, so they won't be doing that anymore. Uh, Target and Walmart also publish holiday toy catalogs. They will continue to do that. And the sources said Amazon considered buying Toys R Us locations earlier this year. Amazon's not commenting, so we don't know what became of that. Uh, but, I mean, for my generation, it was the wish book, Sears and J.C. Penney. But it's a time-honored tradition, at least in the United States, to go through and circle the toys you want and the hopes that somehow Santa finds out. Well, that was what I was going to ask Roger as the, you know, resident parent of the group here is like, is this something that kids still do? I have never seen the Toys R Us catalog, but I also, my parents kept me out at Toys R Us stores because they, you know, for obvious reasons, because I just wanted everything. So it's hard to judge because my kid isn't that old enough to like point at things and like, bye, bye, bye. Uh, repeatedly, but I do see the attraction because it's one of those things that, in a way, it, it's advertisement, but it's it, it, it has a ripple effect, right? You know, like somebody takes it and they can rip out a page, and they can bring it to someone's like, "This is what I want," or a kid might take out a page and paste it on the refrigerator with the circle that says, "This is what I want." It's a way to kind of indelibly connect the need from the parent or need from the child. And focus it intensely on the parent. We got they go. so much trouble if we ripped the pages out. Oh, <laughs> really? against the rules. Oh, I, my- I like that's why I like kind of breathed in when Roger said that because oh, my parents didn't care. Yeah. Like they comes every year. No. <laughs> well, so okay, so let's let's think. So Whole Foods, right? So I'm at Whole Foods later today, which I mm-hmm. will be. Mm-hmm. There's a catalog there. You know, some kids kind of leafing through it and screaming, "I want this toy!" Like that's the idea, right? And it's something that yep. Amazon would well, here at Whole Foods. Can, can you imagine the syrupy nostalgia prose that we will read in 50 years about how you knew it was the holiday season because mother and father picked up the uh, Amazon catalog and scanned the QR codes that would become your <laughs> Christmas wishes later in the year? Uh, I think like this is smart. They have the physical places to do it. The idea that they looked at Toys R Us is very interesting because I think now we are watching – the bottoming out of big retail chains uh, or at least the the price ripening for somebody like Amazon to say, no, we can do retail better. The question is exactly how that uh, how that works out. But this makes sense because now they have physical places where they can distribute it. No, Amazon, Target and and Walmart are all chomping at the bit to eat up what was Toys R Us's toy market. Yeah. 
The European Parliament voted 318 to 278 to send the revised copyright directives, including controversial articles, Article 11, which would extend copyright protection to in full to publishers of press publications with the intent to stop products like Google News from scraping text from articles without paying a fee. And also Article 13, which would require information society service providers that store and provide to the public access to large amounts of works or other subject matter uploaded by their users to prevent the availability on their services of works or other subject matter identified by right holders. The directive mentions the use of effective content recognition technologies as an example. Uh, I have to say what the EU parliament did here was was in, in majority anyway, say, hey, you know what? Right idea, wrong implementation. This is going to cause a lot of problems if we put it in this way. Let's send it back for debate and take another stab at it, which is actually what you should do. Yes, let's yep. let organize a committee to send it to another committee. So we might then discuss the uh, rightliness of its committee worthiness. Well, and from what I understand, and again, I, you know, I, I'm following this all from afar, is particularly Article 13, the idea that, let's say YouTube, as an example, if you have to, if, if everything has to be um, scanned at upload, right, rather than um, looked at later on, how that changes the crop, copyright issues between the company and all of its users it's kind of a mess. It's a potential mess. Well, and and that, there was. Yeah, that, that, that's the problem is they're saying we need you to do something to prevent the uploading of copyrighted works. We're not taking away your safe harbor as long as you do that. But like you say, that that just turns it into a mess, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The Register reports that UK Metropolitan Police Commissioner Cressida Dick said trials of automated facial recognition systems were expected by the public despite criticism that the technology is, quote, almost entirely inaccurate and would lead to lots of arrests, end quote. The it London would not court, lead not. to lots of arrests. I'm sorry it to interrupt you, but the big difference there. Arrests. Sorry. Yeah. Let me read it again. Quote, almost entirely inaccurate and wouldn't lead to lots of arrests. I got thrown off because there was another quote inside the quote. Apologies. All right, that's my fault. The London Force has been uh, deploying the technology at public events like concerts, festivals, and soccer matches. Mobile CCTV cameras are used to scan crowds and try to match images of faces uh, to mugshots of wanted individuals. According to data released under the UK's Freedom of Information laws, the Metropolitan's AFR system has a 98% false positive rate meaning that 98% of the quote-unquote matches it makes are of innocent people. Oh, but why wouldn't they want to do it anyway? <laughs> Listen, hey, I understand. 2%. Police Commissioner Dick is saying, I think it's fine for us to test this. We're not making arrests based on it yet. And of course, it's bad right now because it's new, but it won't get better until we test it. That's reasonable, but it sidesteps the whole thing about should you be doing it at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, th this is not something I think whenever anybody wants to put the phrases new emerging technology and the ability to be arrested in the same sentence, I think there is a right, a rightful pause. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, what they're doing is the right way to do it to say we're not using it to make arrests, but make that clear and. And then just debate, like, do we need to be using this at all yet? Is this, is this the, well, right, the right time to even start it, testing it, it? Is it up to the police to be 
getting this to the point where they should be using it? Shouldn't this be a technology well, that the police... Part of how you make sure that? it works for the police is have the police test it. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think having the commissioner say, well, the public expects us to do this, especially <laughs> at, you know, at a soccer match or, yeah, some, some place where a lot of people are. It's not working well, but everyone thinks that we're going to do this anyway. So, you know, have to start somewhere. I mean, that's the problem. It's... All right. It's time for me to introduce you to numtots. I'm fascinated by this. It's not a food. I'm very sorry about that. The Guardian has a piece about the rising popularity of the Facebook group New Urbanist Memes for Transit-Oriented Teens, or numtots. A post highlighted by The Guardian, for instance, says, Yeah, sex is cool, but have you ever fantasized about an infrastructure renewal program funded by the taxes of billionaires? Who hasn't? That's the <laughs> gives you the general sense of the Numtops page. Uh, the URL is facebook.com slash groups slash what would Jane Jacobs do? Referring to Jane Jacobs, the author of The Death and Life of Great American Cities. The group was co-founded in March by Juliet Eldred and Emily Orenstein from the University of Chicago with Jonathan Marty of New York University. Following a heated disagreement they had with some other people on the Internet about the National Interstate and Defense Highways Act of 1956. The group from March till now has gone to 95,000 members plus, and it's, it's the classic meme type thing you see in all of these horrible fake news political things you see, but it's about urban renewal and transit and, and urban design, uh, and I just found it fascinating. I know it's probably not the only example of this, but uh, is it just a passing fad of Gen Y and millennials because it's sort of absurd, or does it portent some hot new trend of urbanism? Well, uh, I think the, the the question here is whether or not it's you know leads to greater political viability for these kinds of, of plans. I mean, the idea of the the memification of politics is real and it is here, uh, and there are certain segments of the political populace for which pride themselves on their memes and their s posting, if you will. So. Uh, this is, I, I think, an outgrowth of that, certainly a very nerdy Almost one. Almost a parody of it, honestly. Well, I, I do think that there is an earnestness to the idea that, that these guys want a better sense of... I think that's planning. true, but they're also not taking themselves too seriously, which is part of the charm of it as well. Yeah, but that's inherently in the meme sure, world. Sure, sure. There, there, there's an element of self-effacing... Uh, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss the claude 3 model family from anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise ai with models at every point on the price performance curve you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence speed and cost claude 3 opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed and haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today.
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. You know, an acknowledgement of the facts, even if they might be embarrassing, that kind of goes hand in hand with a meme. I'm just saying, if a SimCity 3000 playlist gets you excited, go sign up. Well, Tom, you said before the show started that you were accepted into. They did. They approved my. Uh, I am now part of the group. I am. So yeah, I, I'm I would like a full report tomorrow. All right, excellent. On what they're talking. Oh, about. you, 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 numb taught you. Yeah. <laughs> it's and it's wow. like, yeah. What, what's that? Like wired and tired. Like tired nimbies. Wired numb tots. <laughs> if anyone got that. Then I'm, I'm here for probably <laughs> there is a lot of talk about yimbies on numtots, which is oh, yes in yimbies, my backyard. Yes, 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 yes. Yimbies versus the nimbies. I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm both. Depends on if it's the Fourth of July or not. At the 2018 Baidu Creator uh, Developer Conference happening in Beijing this week, the company announced it's partnering with Intel to deploy Israeli developer Mobileye's technology into autonomous vehicle effort project Apollo. Baidu plans to merge Mobileye's Responsibility Sensitive Safety. It's an acronym that is RSS, although I think that's a terrible idea, so I'm not going to call it that. Model onto code of the commercial Apollo Drive program and Apollo Pilot, which is the deployment version of Project Apollo. Baidu will also use Mobileye's Surround Computer Vision Kit as the preferred perception solution to Project Apollo, in Project Apollo, rather. And Baidu wants to put it in buses, a mass transit opportunity. How about that? Mm. Numb tots. <laughs> Yumbies. Uh, yeah, this is this is interesting in, in, in another way, too, because you've got a Chinese company, Baidu, working with an Israeli company, uh, Mobileye, which is owned by an American company, Intel, uh, doing a multinational effort to make self-driving vehicles more reliable and safe. Well, good on him. Yes, exactly. I, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> You're not against it. I'm so glad. Hey, no. folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines at dailytechheadlines.com. All right. The government of India is asking WhatsApp for help cracking down on irresponsible messages after at least 17 people were killed in mob lynchings over the last three months. Uh, What's happening in a lot of these cases is a rumor of child kidnapping, say, starts to spread in WhatsApp groups. Uh, People start taking things into their own hands and attack and kill strangers. WhatsApp has 200 million users in India and growing. It's a personal messaging app, remember. This is not a social network platform. End-to-end encryption on WhatsApp means Even WhatsApp can't see what's being said on the platform between people unless it is allowed to become a member of a group, which can happen sometimes. But uh, also, because it's a messaging app, 
And, and, and one thing for, for people outside of India to understand, as I have been told by people in India, not because I understand it myself, is that WhatsApp is kind of a wake up and do it first thing uh, for a lot of people there. Like it is used uh, in, a, in a much more social network-like way than, than perhaps maybe you're used to using messaging apps. And people tend to believe what's being said to them, though, because it's a messaging app. They're like, oh, well, this actual person is saying to me. It's not, it's not some government agency. It's not some fly-by-night blog. It's, you know, it's a message. You, you just naturally tend to believe messages more. So what WhatsApp is doing is making it easier to leave groups and block people. They're planning some ad campaigns to help dispel rumors. They're starting a program with law enforcement on best practices for using WhatsApp as a resource for community policing. Labeling messages as forwarded from someone else so you can tell, oh, it's not from them. They're sending it along from somewhere else. Uh, but there's more that could be done. Pointer also has an article about a similar issue on WeChat, which is not end-to-end encrypted. Uh, but there is a lot of unverified information going around it's not leading to the same problems that wechat has in india but there are fact checking messaging apps on wechat cropping up to try to fight that there as well justin and sarah i think one of the reasons i wanted to talk about this is with a messaging app you have the same problem that we talk about on facebook and twitter and elsewhere but with those the solution seems to always be, we'll block the bad guys, block the bad speech. The platform needs to do something about it. In a messaging app, the platform can't do anything about it because that would be like saying, tell people what they can and can't say to each other on the phone, say. Yeah. Justin, uh, I, I think my first reaction is to compare this to Facebook. Uh, and I know that WhatsApp and, and, and you know Facebook is... is, is it, it, owns whatsapp so but but there are occasionally a message that gets to me on facebook messenger which acts mostly the same way you know where i'll be like why are you forwarding this to me like whoever sent this to me is you know like this bad information or it's a hoax or whatever it doesn't happen that often if it happened more and it confused me more then yeah i can see where this sort of thing would be an issue well and imagine Imagine, Sarah, that you're not just getting a message from a person every once in a while. You're in all of these groups of well, sure. people that are discussing well, all of these groups, things. Though, right. I, but, I it's, but it's done of, through I, messaging I, instead of through a Facebook group page. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I'm in Facebook messaging groups. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's you know, 10 or 12 of us that, sure, you know, sure. we have some sort of a common ground and, you know, we talk about stuff. But, but these WhatsApp it, groups are bigger, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And and I, I'm sure there are some cultural uh, nuances that I'm not totally understanding where maybe in the country of India, this would spread more widely than anything that I understand personally. I think knowing where the source came from and adding um, certain, you know, sort of metadata to, to messages is, is a great first step for WhatsApp. I'm, I'm somewhat perplexed as to why this particular app seems to be fueling things that end in lynchings. Well, I think the, the, the issue here is that it's so popular and, and I don't think that it should necessarily be so much of a surprise in countries where mobile Internet is so gigantic because it's far more lightweight and uh, uh, easy to consume than something that would re- you know, require a, a, a more graphically intensive, which is hard to think of Facebook as graphically intensive. But for the mobile web, 
uh, a, a chat just listing words, 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 words is a lot easier. Well, the, put it this way. Facebook came from the desktop and had to adapt yeah. to mobile. WhatsApp exactly. is native to mobile. Is native to mobile. So the idea here is tricky because you can't top down try to do it. And, and believe you me, I've been as skeptical as anybody about even Facebook's ability to top down, tone down, you know, quote unquote, fake news and stuff like that. However, I do think that for issues like this, as unsavory as these acts have become, I mean, and if we're talking about 17 people killed that have uh, unverified levels of guilt, and even if they have levels of guilt that this is being, this is vigilante mob justice, uh, uh, that is something that needs to be addressed as a cultural problem. I, I would suspect the solution is something closer to if you see something, say something. So if you're in a massive group chat where things seem to be going sideways, that there is a way that at the very least you can loop in, be it WhatsApp uh, as a platform, or WhatsApp can then forward these things on to some kind of authority that could then at least be aware of the fact that a lynch mob was moving in to uh, uh, you know someone's house. So at least the authorities could be looped in on stuff like this. It's a hard problem, and it's one in which you're right. The, the, to me, Tom, the first thing I thought of was like, okay, well, how does AT&T stop a murder? Yeah, this murder, we can see by records that this murder was planned on a cell phone, and AT&T needs to do something about it. That's something that we would find to be out of their control. With WhatsApp, you would think there's a little bit more, but there's still just a platform with end-to-end -end encryption, which is why they're popular to begin with. I've been hammering on quietly in my corner uh, for a long time that we don't know why or what the effect of a lot of this stuff is. And until we just study that, we don't really know if the proposed solutions will have an effect. This is an example of what I'm talking about because it's natural to think like, well, if Facebook can stop the bad things from being said, they should stop them. But what happens when they can't? Uh, and, and that's what we're seeing with WhatsApp is WhatsApp would have to change its product and not be an end-to-end -end encrypted uh, service to stop it. So they're forced and the Indian government is forced to try to figure out, well, how do we get people to stop doing the thing we want them to stop, which is treating the actual problem, not just the symptom. Uh, and, and I think probably if, if it is a big if they can figure this out will be much more instructive about how to combat these sorts of things elsewhere than just saying, well, you need to have better filters. You need to have better blocks and, and things like that. Uh, we, we need to figure out, like, how, how, do you, how do you get people to think more critically about stuff? How do you teach them, like, just because it's a message from someone on your WhatsApp group doesn't mean it's credible. Uh, that's a tall order, but it's what they're forced to do here. Well, and I think that the cultural... The, the, I keep calling it cultural difference because I don't really know how to describe it. If I'm on a, you know, a private group chat with us, you know, it's you and me and Justin and Roger, you know, and Tom and, um, and we're all talking and I trust all of you. It's like, I will be more than willing to believe pretty much everything that you send to me because it's a small group and we've kind of vetted each other already. The more people who are in any group, no matter what it's about, the less I trust anything that's being said, because that's just how the internet works in my experience. So why is it that okay. this sort of thing is gaining so much momentum when people 
should kind of know that because that's how human behavior is. I think it's a WhatsApp culture, not an Indian culture thing at work here. You don't right. use WhatsApp the way it's used by 200,000 uh, Indians. Uh, because I, if I have this right, and people in India, please write in and let us know why you think maybe this is going on. I'm in big group A with thousands of people, and I, I get these messages that come in from it. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to pass that along to my small group B. And now it's you seeing me pass you a message. You're like, well, I'm going to believe this because it came from Tom. But it's not really me saying it. I'm passing it along from big group because I've, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, and... And so it's no but different than what happens not, on Facebook. Exactly. That's the thing is like, we all this, but the problem also, ex, the problem also exists on Facebook and add to that, that there is a natural tendency when you get a direct message from someone to lend it more credence, like you just said. And sure. So, and this, this creates that, that system and sort of amplifies it. I think. But, but if part of this is the groups are so big that this information and this idea is spreading harmfully, then it's not just spreading inside the group, though. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Well, but, but 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 it starts right. inside the group, which means a lot of people right. see. It. And so, if part of this is we're putting out a address of somebody for whom bad stuff is is a brewing, then I, the 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 answer to me is how much more quickly. Can somebody narc out the fact that this information is there and how much how, how can we incentivize the idea that it, at a click, you're not going to be nobody will know. You can just let people know, hey, this is getting into a dark place. And I think somebody beyond this should know. And if there's a platform level response to this, I think that would be the move for WhatsApp. And that platform is education. It's it's teaching people, hey, uh, somebody may have passed it along from the big group because they thought it was funny. Uh, or, or, or maybe they're one of the few people who just didn't understand that it's not credible. But once it gets passed along, it starts to feel more credible. You need to be more critical about that. And, and labeling things as being forwarded is a big part of that. So it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm telling you this is true. Right. It's, it's oh, passing you're forwarding it along that from, thing. That yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. You know, I haven't been to India in some time and there was no WhatsApp the last time I was there. So I really, I cannot speak to India specifically, but I will say Anywhere else in the entire world besides China where it's WeChat. I mean, WhatsApp is that's the way people communicate. And anytime I, you want to have one-on-one -on -one group text, anything, it's WhatsApp. So I mean, this is this is a huge network for people, whether they're spreading false information or not. And as Spire in our chat room says, in India, uh news media is not getting to parts of the country that it should, and it's not trusted even if it does. So that may be part of it too. Well, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit, and you submit a lot of these kinds of stories, and we love knowing what it is that you want to hear more about and have us talk about. Submit stories and also vote on other stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you prefer to hang out on Facebook, or maybe you'd like to hang out in both places, great. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow is where to go. We love getting your emails. They come through the internet and into our mailbag, and then Sarah reads them. Yes, yes. They. I haven't gotten a paper letter uh, yet, but when I do, I will be sure to read that. Uh, this one is electronic. It comes from Adina Schutzberg, who is in clarinet three from the Concord Band, a symphonic wind ensemble in Concord, Massachusetts. 
I think Roger probably knows what clarinet three means. Third seat in the clarinet section, oh, I believe. Okay. Probably. Well, so Tom knows it too. Uh, uh, Adina says, a few weeks ago, I gave a fellow clarinet player a ride home from rehearsal. She was just getting into podcasts, looking for something new. She asked uh, how to keep up with technology. I suggested DTNS. She now says DTNS makes her mornings far more productive and how even if she doesn't think the featured topic is important right away, by the end of it, she feels like she understands both the technology at issue and why it was important, which is exactly the point of the show. So I thought that that was a really, really nice uh, uh, feedback email to get. Adina uh, says, we will start working on the rest of the clarinet section at our next rehearsal. So and then thank on you to the rest of the woodwinds, part. then the brass, <laughs> then the percussion. <laughs> Uh, no, this made my day, Adina. Thank you so much. Also, uh, just got right before the show an email from Professor of Vision Science Jenny C.A. Reed of the Institute of Neuroscience at Newcastle University that they got our Mantis t-shirts. Uh, that Len Peralta's 3D Mantis illustration says Tiny Mantis. They're the folks who actually did the research that had the mantises with the tiny 3D glasses. Uh, she says, I'm trying to get the team together for a group photo, and we will definitely tweet that when we do. Uh, so she says, thank you so much for this lovely, kind gesture. Uh, feel free to make more cool cartoons and items of clothing featuring my research anytime. Keep making the amazing research too, Jenny. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Adina. And also thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us on this fine, fine Thursday. Justin, what's been going on with you since we saw you on Monday? Well, I'll tell you what, I think it's about the same thing. Uh, the Contender, the game of presidential debate. Uh, it's a social card game. It's super fun. Uh, uh, you have real presidential candidate and presidential quotes on cards. You argue with your friends in a fun way about them. If you're not, don't worry if you think that it's political. It's really more Mad Libs than it is about, you know, where you sit on the Venn diagram of political thought. It is a fun time. It's available for the cheapest price we've ever sold it right now in honor of the birth of our country. Uh, so go ahead and get it. Thecontender.us. It's $17.76. $17.76. Get it. It's the year America was born. Uh, uh, you can get that uh, with no offer code. And if you have already got the game, then you can get our mini expansions. We're selling those for the first time ever. Buy one, get one. So as long as you have an even number of mini expansions in your cart, put in code ROCKETS, and it will take half that price clean off. So thank you to all the DTNS listeners that have already bought the game. We've had a great response to this sale. Uh, and if you want to do it, then do it now because it ends after this weekend. Thecontender.us. Use code ROCKETS for buy one, get one on our mini expansions. Listening to DTNS, I think, is fun for most of you, or you probably wouldn't be doing it. But being a member of DTNS makes it even more fun. Become a patron, and you get to talk to other patrons, uh, get some live streams, expanded content, and more. You can find out all the things on offer at patreon.com slash DTNS. Hey, want to send us feedback? Good, because we want it. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live. If you can join us, you can listen, you can watch. You can even do both. Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Shannon Morrison, and Len Peralta. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.